this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Our passage this morning is a teaching passage from Jesus, and I'm just wondering today how many of us will relate to this passage. It's Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 22. I invite you to read along with me. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? If then you are not able to do a small thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat, what you are to drink. Do not keep worrying, for it is the nations of the world that strive after these things, And your father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, about your body, what you will wear. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They neither have storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. I read this passage, and I'm mindful how easy it is to just say, Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's easy to say. It's much harder to do. It reminds me of when someone, uh, if you've ever made the mistake of telling another person to calm down, then you know it actually has the opposite effect when you tell someone, pro tip here, when you tell someone to calm down, they never calm down. And this reminds me, when you hear this passage saying, don't worry, Jesus says, don't worry about your life, it seems So easy to say and yet so hard to do. I thought of this old comedy sketch from years, decades ago. It's Bob Newhart, and he is playing a therapist. And this woman comes to Bob, and she pays her money for this counseling time, and she proceeds to tell him all the things that are on her mind. And then he says, are you ready for my advice? And she says, yes, I'm ready. And he says, stop it. And then she goes, oh. Well, I just can't stop worrying about all these horrible things in my life. And he says, stop it. And then she says, but I can't stop fretting about it. Stop it. Whatever she says, his advice is two words. Stop it. And if only it were that easy. If only it was just that easy to stop worrying. So today, before you decide in your mind, I'm sorry, Jesus. I know you tell us not to worry, but I just can't give it up. Before you quit and raise the white flag on this passage. I hope 
that you hear today an invitation for you to consider the role worry is currently playing in your life. Because trust me, I don't have to give you a list of things to worry about. I know that you all already have them. It's hard not to worry. We have worries, Jesus, we do. But before we give up, I hope we hear an invitation. Because the gospel story is a story of freedom. It's a freedom story, a freedom from, of course, the power and the grip of sin and death in our lives. But I think of all those teachings, all that wisdom that Jesus gave us. Love your neighbors as yourself. Bless those who curse you. Forgive as you have been forgiven. Love your enemies. All of it, all of those invitations are for us to be free. To be free of the grip of revenge and anger and hatred and greed. To learn how to receive forgiveness and learn how to give forgiveness it is all for our own freedom he offers this. And so our passage today is an invitation for us to live lives less preoccupied by worry. He uses the word worry five times in those nine verses. The Greek word actually comes from the word merimano, which means to be split apart or divided. And that makes sense to me. That's what worry does. It keeps us divided, always worrying about what's going to happen because worry is all the what ifs, right? What might happen, what could happen, what should happen. We worry and it takes us from the present moment. And all those necessities that Jesus mentions, he mentions food and drink and clothing, are all daily needs. And Jesus said, God knows that you need these things. The problem, of course, comes when we are so preoccupied with the worry about tomorrow. The what if, the divided, split attention. Jesus says, can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? In Matthew's gospel, he has the mention of today's trouble is enough for today. That's what worry does. It steals today. It takes us from the present moment. It's always looking down the road at all the what-ifs and the fears and the anxieties and all that we cannot control, all the what-ifs. And maybe you even worry sometimes that you worry too much. We worry. And yet here is Jesus inviting us today. All those daily needs, he says, God knows that you need them. And sometimes, if we aren't careful, we can become so focused on the worry of tomorrow that we forget to take notice of all the ways God is already caring for us today. You know, a few weeks ago, I was the Bible teacher at Vacation Bible School, and one of the stories that we shared that week was the story of the Israelites wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and how God provided manna for them to eat. And I actually shared this on social media, but I'm going to tell you anyway because it still makes me laugh. But when I explained the whole story to the kids about fleeing from slavery in Egypt and Moses leading the way and how God gave them manna. 
and we explained the story, and then I moved on, and we did something else, and then we came back, and I was like, okay, who can remember some facts of the story? Raise your hand if you remember what God provided for the Israelites to eat in the wilderness. And one hand shot up, and I called on him, and he said, banana bread. And I was like, close enough. And I get it. They might have wished they were eating banana bread after the same thing for 40 years. But those Israelites, they flee from slavery. But it doesn't take them long for the grumblings to start, for some people to say, you know, maybe we should go back to Egypt because it wasn't good there. But at least we knew we could count on a meal the next day. And God sends them manna. Each day, God provides manna to eat. And the kids always loved this certain part of the story. When I told them that it didn't even, their bellies weren't even full from that first day. And people, some of them, started to grab some manna to hoard onto it for the next day. Because that's the thing. They want to make sure they're going to get their own. They want to make sure they've got something for tomorrow. And when I told the kids that when the Israelites woke up the next morning, the manna they had tried to save was filled with worms. And they just loved that gross detail. But that's the truth. It was a 40-year trust exercise. For 40 years, the Israelites had to wake up and just trust that God would take care of them that day, to trust that God would provide for them tomorrow. And here is Jesus. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Do not keep striving for what you are to eat, what you are to drink, and do not keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after these things, and your Father knows you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. We can let worry, the worry of tomorrow, prevent us from seeing the manna that God is providing for us today. You know, this recently I was talking to someone who had, who's really going through a hard season in life. In fact, she's had um, a lot of health crises. She's had a lot of transitions. In fact, one of those seasons of life where it feels like pretty much everything is out of her control right now. And we were talking about this, and I mentioned, I said, you've been through a lot of change, and I personally hate change. I do. And she said, oh, I have. I have had a lot of change. She said, but God is still taking care of me. And then she proceeded to list all the ways that God had been caring for her lately. She said, there was a nurse at the ER who held my hand when I was alone. And my niece is really showing up for me right now. And my home health lady is pushing me when I want to quit and give up to keep going. And I've got a friend at my new residence that's gone out of her way to make sure I'm feeling at home and adjusted. God is still taking care of me. That's the thing. She has figured it out. Somehow along the way, she has refused to lose track of the way God is providing for her today. You know, I've always loved this quote from Christian writer Max Lucado. 
He has this beautiful quote on fear and worry in our lives. And he says, the presence of fear does not mean you have no faith. Fear visits everyone, but make your fear a visitor and not a resident. Over 140 times in scripture, do we hear the commandment, do not fear, do not be afraid. And it always goes hand in hand with reminding us that God is with us. Do not fear, for I am with you. We hear that reminder again and again and again and again in scripture so that maybe we can trust that God has tomorrow, that the one who is our beginning and our end can truly make a way. So worry doesn't have to be a resident in our life. It can just be an occasional visitor. What if Jesus is inviting us today to trust, to trust in his goodness, even in uncertain times, even in hard days? Maybe we too are getting a perhaps 40 plus year trust exercise in learning each day to trust that God does provide for us so we don't have to be consumed with worry and fear because God's got this. I love Mary Oliver, and she has this poem she calls, I Worried. And it says, she says, I worried a lot. Will the garden grow? Will the rivers flow in the right direction? Will the earth turn as it was taught? And if not, how shall I correct it? Was I right? Was I wrong? Will I be forgiven? Can I do better? Will I ever be able to sing? Even the sparrows can do it, and I am hopeless. Is my eyesight fading, or am I just imagining it? Am I going to get rheumatism, lockjaw, dementia? And finally, I saw that worrying had come to nothing and gave it up. Took my old body out and went out to the morning to sing. And maybe today you're aware that worry is more of a resident in your life than you'd like it to be. After all, we all have real worries. Hard things we face in all of our lives. We all have it. And maybe you aren't quite as worry-free as the lilies and the ravens just yet. But I still think we can take Jesus' wisdom here today. So let's start with today this day. And I'm wondering how God is providing for you. What manna do you see in your life today? Where's the banana bread that God is providing in your life every day? Where do you see those good gifts in your life today? Just take a moment and call those good gifts to mind. And now the harder one. What Worry can you put in God's hands today? What one worry, not the whole list, just choose one, can you try to trust into God's hands? What worry can you give God today? Do you have it in your mind? Take a moment to think about that worry. Now close with me in prayer. Holy God, we belong to you. And we thank you for the manna, the bread you provide for us each and every day. It carries us, it provides for us, and help us not to lose sight of those good gifts right now. 
and to dare to trust in tomorrow. And we give you the worry on our heart today. Help us to relinquish our tight grip on this worry, to know you are already at work and that you already know it, and open our hearts to your will. Amen. Amen.